So we're going to talk about cycles and I'm going to pull up a chart with some, you know, a diagram to show you kind of what's going on when you have a period and you can raise your hand at any point or type questions into the chat box if you find that you have questions. And I'm going to give you kind of an overview of what's going on. And I'll try to anticipate some of your questions, but go ahead and just ask whatever you think of. Okay. So when you're having a period, which I realize you guys might not have yet, you're both a little on the young side. You might not get it for another year or two. You might've just gotten it. Okay. So you got yours, Kathy. Okay. Yeah. And you're 12, right? In January. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what's happening when you get your cycle is that your body ripens an egg and pops the egg out and it makes hormones so that you have a lining inside your uterus. So even though you're not going to get pregnant right now, if you were to be older and you did the same cycle and the egg was fertilized, the egg could start growing in your uterus. So an egg is like a tiny seed. And like, you know, if you've planted seeds, they need soil. So your uterus is kind of shaped like a little upside down pear inside your hips. It's protected by your hip bones because of course, if you're going to grow a person there, it's really important to keep the baby safe when it's very small. So that's where our body has our uterus inside our hip bones. And then each month when you make hormones, you grow this little lining on the inside of the uterus. It's a lining of fresh kind of nutrient rich blood. That's like the perfect soil. If that egg were needing to land and grow in there next to your uterus, you have your ovaries, which I'm going to draw in yellow. They look like these little curly things on top of your uterus. And there's a tiny little gap in your uterus where the egg comes down this tube and would drop into your uterus. Now, each month, your, your ovaries have thousands of eggs. And each month, a few of them are just about to be able to ripen. A few of them respond as your hormones rise. So here you can see this red curve is estrogen starting to rise. And when the estrogen rises, a few eggs start to grow. And one of them ends up growing faster than the other. And that one becomes what we call the dominant follicle. Follicle is the little part of the tissue that holds the egg, as you can see here. They drew it blue. So there would actually be several growing follicles. Then one of them becomes the dominant, the biggest one. <clears throat> and when you release this luteinizing hormone, the brown hormone, LH, then it pops out. 
And once one egg pops out, what usually happens is all the other eggs that weren't quite the leader of the pack, they just kind of shrink down and, you know, go away. So generally you just pop out one egg each month. Now, after the follicle pops out the egg, the egg slowly goes down that tube and lands in your uterus. And then it just disintegrates. If it's not gonna grow into a human, it just kind of disintegrates after a couple of days. Do you guys have any questions so far? In the womb, yeah. It just, it's so small. It's like the egg is about as big as the period at the end of a sentence in a book. So you could see it, but it's very small. It's visible, but it's not like, you know, a chicken egg is obviously a much bigger kind of egg. But same idea. It's ready to grow into a thing if the chicken incubates it. All right. So after the dominant follicle releases its egg, it turns into this thing called the corpus luteum. This is a top view. So it changes in this picture from a side view of the follicle to a top view. And the top view is this weird kind of um, egg looking thing where you can see the hole where the egg popped out in the middle. And then around it, it makes this squishy yellow thing and it's releasing hormones. It's releasing progesterone. And the progesterone keeps your temperature up in your body for a few days until your body can figure out, yeah, corpus luteum is Latin, yep. Corpus means body. I think it means yellow. I think it means a yellow body or something like that because it's yellowish. The corpus luteum releases progesterone, which keeps your body temperature up and keeps the hormones right in case the egg was going to start to develop. But then after a few days, your body realizes that the egg has disintegrated. Yep, and it's not turning into a baby this month. And then the progesterone starts to go down and the corpus luteum shrinks and basically fades away. And then your estrogen also goes down. That's this part of the curve that looks kind of orange because it's red and yellow mixed here. So as your hormones go down at a certain point, they get underneath a threshold and the hormones are no longer high enough to keep the lining attached to the inside of your uterus. And that's when you start to have a period. So the lining just kind of sheds off. And part of why this happens is you wouldn't want to keep the same lining for months and months. It wouldn't stay fresh enough. Anything with lots of nutrients tends to degrade or kind of spoil over time very easily. Now there's other things that happen along with this cycle of hormones that have nothing to do with your uterus and your ovaries. This is also how you get your puberty development. Your hair gets thicker, your breasts grow, your hips get wider, your bones get much, much stronger, like we talked about in one of the earlier classes. Right, and you really want the hormones for your bones. In fact, this is part of why if a girl doesn't get her period, um, maybe because she's a 
really intense athlete. Her body's so busy doing sports. It doesn't have enough energy to run a cycle or if she just doesn't get her period for some other reason, there, there becomes a concern about um, her bone growth over time and whether the bone growth is gonna be sufficiently strong for the rest of her life. So there's a variety of things. Um, sometimes people's hair even changes from straight to curly or curly to straight as they go through puberty. And also your skin gets oilier and those things tend to relate to your hormones. So let's talk about some other examples of what's going on. Um, it is possible to never get a period. Lucia, that's a good question. Um, yeah, if you are just underweight or you have certain health conditions that are just taking a lot of energy out of your body. And it's also very rare, but occasionally a woman just isn't born with a uterus. It's very, very rare, but I've heard of it happening once or twice. So then obviously there's not the structure there to have a period in, right? But generally speaking, almost every woman will get a period and your period is a signal of how your body's doing because your body wants to, you to be able to run this cycle once you're the right age for it. So if you don't get your period and you're 15 or 16, maybe that's a family pattern where everybody gets their periods late. That is possible. But if it's not a family pattern, usually a girl goes to the doctor to get kind of checked out and see what's keeping her hormones low. Very often, she's either just not eating enough or she's exercising really hard. So even though she eats plenty, it's just not enough calories for her body to feel confident that it can run her cycle. So think about it this way. If your body were growing a baby, you would need a lot of extra food, right? You don't want to be short on food when you're growing a baby. So your brain is looking every month at what you're eating and how much you're exercising and how much you're sleeping. And your brain is evaluating, should I ripen an egg or not? Because if you get pregnant, you need thousands of extra calories to take it all the way to the, when the baby's born, right? Pregnancy represents an investment of tens of thousands of calories. So if you are never eating a single extra bite of food or you're exercising so hard three or four hours a day, like a gymnast or a really competitive dancer or a really competitive soccer player, it's very hard to eat enough food after doing all that exercise that your body would feel comfortable running a normal cycle each month. Does that make sense? I've even talked to some girls who weren't super, super active, but they were just trying to only eat healthy food and not ever eat any extra sugar. And they accidentally ended up eating a kind of a low calorie diet for their age. And they would only have a cycle every few months. Only every few months would the body decide that it was okay to ripen an egg. And I suspect it's around, it was around holidays when they just happened to eat a lot more for one week. 
So let's talk about how you might feel during your cycle. We count your cycle from day one being when you start to bleed. And most people bleed heavily on the first day or two, and then they bleed more lightly after that till day four or five or six, okay? Sometimes the bleeding stops in the middle for a few hours or half a day. That's totally within the range of normal. Occasionally people will spot kind of in between. They'll have like a little bit of bleeding at another time of their cycle. Uh, right around, often right around when they're ovulating. So when you're bleeding, you might feel a little bit tired because as you can see, your hormones are much lower during this time. This is the lowest point of your hormones through the month. They're under, under that threshold that allows you to bleed. And in many cultures, they encourage girls to rest during their period if they feel like it, not do much exercise, not cook, not clean, not fetch the water. And we, we don't have so many rules about that in our culture, but many girls just don't feel like doing much when they're on their period. Even if they don't have cramps, they just might feel kind of quiet and like they just wanna rest and read, which I've definitely seen with my girls. Now, this again, does depend on the person. It's not like you have to rest during your period, but many people find that they do want to. You may find that you get cramps during your period, especially the first day or two, it's kind of common. And we'll talk about how to mitigate that a bit. Some other things you might notice are, as you get towards the time of ovulation, you might see some wetness in your underwear and that's totally normal. Your body makes that mucus and that's actually a sign that everything's working. So no worries about that. It's not a weird thing. Very often girls experience a certain amount of mucus for the whole year or two before they get their period. And I have vague memories of kind of asking my mom about this when I was 10 or 11. Yeah, saying like, what's is this, is this normal? She's like, oh, it's fine. It's just a thing. So it's just your body kind of warming up to this whole process of making these extra hormones. And yeah, it's completely normal. In fact, it's a concern if you don't ever see any mucus and you're older, women will eat different foods to try to make there be more mucus and just support their body to make more of the right hormones. So things like sweet potatoes and carrots tend to be the right kind of carbohydrates to make enough mucus that your body would like to make. Now, over here, when you're making progesterone, this is the time of month where sometimes people feel kind of moody, like the week before your period. Sometimes it can happen that you make more hormones than you need or the hormones you make are just staying around a little too long and a little too high. Partly this is because when your body is first doing this, it's still kind of figuring out exactly how to much of everything to make. So you can end up with too much estrogen, too much progesterone, particularly too much estrogen makes you feel very moody. It can make you have sore breasts. 
Too much progesterone can make you feel very tired. And in between those two things, you can imagine this would not be a very good week, right? So the main thing you can do to process your hormones smoothly, so they go down and down and down like this diagram indicates at the right rate, so you can have your next period on time. The main thing you can do is to move your body. So this could be walks. Uh, any sport you're doing is gonna count. Swimming, just stretching, playing with your dog, jumping rope, pretty much anything will do this. But if you're sitting on the couch eating potato chips, you're not helping the hormones to process at the right rate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, conversely, if all of a sudden <clears throat> you were making your progesterone and then um, a tornado hit your house or something crazy happened, your body would not make as much progesterone at that point. It would switch over to making other hormones to help you deal with the emergency. And so your progesterone would probably fall faster then the chart indicates, and you might get your period sooner. Okay. This is part of why people sometimes get their periods early when they're traveling and you change time zones. You're on your feet a lot. Your sleep is interrupted with your flight, that sort of thing. Okay. So being very busy under eating, being very stressed can make your period come a little bit early because the hormones go down can go down faster. The other thing that can happen, this happened to my daughter's friend a couple of years ago, is you can get what looks like a second period about halfway through your cycle. So instead of just a little spotting, say you have a really busy week right around when you're ovulating, the lining has already started to form inside your uterus and then you have some crazy busy week and your body says, mm -mm, we're not going to make so much hormones and all your hormones drop below the threshold. And then you start bleeding and it can look like you're having a whole second period. But the friend called my daughter and said, I just had a period two weeks ago and it stopped. And then I had a week of no period. And now I got my period again. What's going on? I can have two periods a month for the rest of my life. This is going to be terrible. And then we found out that it had been her exam week at school. She kept missing breakfast. Half the time she forgot to bring lunch. She was studying all day. She'd come home and eat dinner, stay up a little late studying and do the same thing the next day. And she did this for a week. So you can see how her hormones would end up lower because her body was putting her energy into other things. And then she got a lot of breakthrough bleeding so much that she thought she was having a second period, but it wasn't a true period because it wasn't that she'd ripened two eggs, you know, two weeks apart. Right. <clears throat> okay. So we'll talk about some other places in your cycle where you might want to give some special attention. If you are tending to kind of under eat the first few days of your period, which is pretty common. Many people who don't have, even have cramps, just don't feel like eating as much the first couple of days of their period. Maybe you feel a little jumbly in your tummy or you just feel 
little tired and you just kind of curl up in bed with a book. For me, by day four or five of my cycle every month, I am very hungry. I typically get one very hungry day um, right around day four or five. And sometimes it catches me by surprise. I went to a party a few weeks ago and I got a plate of food and then got another plate of food. And then I chatted with my friends for an hour and I realized I was still hungry and I hadn't eaten very much that day. And then I was finally sitting down after a busy day and it was also day four or five of my cycle. And I just could not believe how much food I was putting away. And it just happens that one day. It doesn't make me put on weight or anything. I think it's just a kind of a catching up thing that my body does. And I've heard a few other people describe the same thing. So this isn't a pattern for everyone, but it's something I've noticed for myself. And when I was your age or a little bit older, this was the part of my cycle where I was the crankiest. I was not so cranky before my period. My mom would always ask me, are you about to have your period? And I say, no, I just had my period. Leave me alone. And um, I didn't have such high hormones that I got cranky before. But afterwards, I think I was just a little short on my food, a little short on my nutrients. And I didn't realize how much more I needed to eat. But now I kind of know when I get a really hungry day and I'm like, why, why am I hungry again? Because normally I go breakfast to lunch or lunch to dinner, no problem. But on this day, I will eat breakfast, big snack, lunch, big snack, dinner, snack, even at 40. So who knows how much I should have been eating when I was 14 at this point in my cycle, and I would have been less cranky. I've also heard of people feeling cranky right around when they ovulate. Some people get a little bit of cramping right around when they ovulate. Um, that might be your pattern. So the biggest thing you can do for cramps is change what you do the week before your period. Because what you're trying to do is avoid inflammation, inflammatory molecules being in your lining and throughout your body. So the main thing for young girls is exercise and hydration to start. Staying hydrated. The exercise allows your body to process hormones well and being hydrated also. Then your body can pee out whatever it needs to pee out. And your body breaks down some of the hormones and saves them into, as ingredients for other things. And also it excretes some hormones. Now, one way you excrete hormones is through your poop. So if you eat more fiber and more vegetables and fruit, whole fruit, not juice, if you eat things with fiber, then you have more poop going out and it can more easily get out whatever it needs to get out. Some people, if you have very bad cramps and you're still doing all of these things, if you're exercising, you're hydrating, fiber, make sure you're getting enough sleep because that makes everything not work so well if you're not getting enough sleep. And then some people need to <clears throat> have less dairy. 
And there's a debate about why this is the case. I'm not sure anyone has a completely definitive answer. But if I'm talking to an older teen girl who's 15 or 16, and she's exercising, drinking water, doing these other things, and she still has cramps, then I suggest that she take out dairy the week before her period. It's not like you have to take it out all the time, necessarily. Depends how bad your cramps are. But it's a start. Just take it out the week before your period and eat other stuff. But the exercise is the main thing to start with. Do you guys have any questions about that? Can you like um, tell like when you're going to have your period? Well, kind of. <laughs> when you first start, when you get your first period, you don't know when the next one's going to come. And the first few could be very heavy. You could have a very thick lining that your body laid down. <clears throat> so if you're on a regular pattern, they'll be every 27 to 30 days. You'll, you'll, is the beginning of the next period when you're bleeding. But at first, the first year or two, they might not be in such a regular pattern. So you don't necessarily know when you're getting your next one. Now, when I was first having my period, I didn't keep track very well. But I, when I did start paying attention, they were about 30, 31 days apart. They were a little on the longer side. My girls have had the same thing. Now that I'm a little older, they're more like 26 days. I think my body can just run the whole cycle a little more efficiently now that I've had all these years of practice. So... You don't know for sure, but you can estimate. So for instance, if you get a period, you can go on the calendar and look four weeks ahead, 28 or 30 days later, and put a little question mark and say, hmm, maybe, right? Some people have a pattern where their periods are regular, but they're every 35 or 40 days. And some people have fast cycles where their periods are always just 25 days apart and they might also bleed for a shorter time. And the whole thing is just a kind of a faster process. So the general range of a regular cycle pattern is about 25 to 42 days. But actually most people fall in the 26 to 30 range or 32, something like that. Much more people fall into that range. And it doesn't have to be the same every month. In fact, for most people, it's not exactly the same every month. There are some people who have super regular cycles, like it's 28 and a half days every single time. They could almost like set their watch by it. But the majority of people will have a day or two variation each month. So you don't know exactly even when you're older and it's in a more regular pattern, I don't know exactly which day it's going to start, but I know within two or three days when it should start. Does that make sense? Hope I have. Yeah. Okay. Now, if your mom has some tips on what worked for her, if she got cramps, those tips may well work for you. So for instance, one girl your age told me that her mom would always drink a cup of hot coffee when she first got her period and she was feeling a little crampy and she would eat a little bit of dark chocolate and then that would help. 
And that's kind of a fun, easy way to solve a problem, right? Coffee and dark chocolate. So that's what this girl was doing and it worked for her. And her mom didn't get super bad cramps, but this coffee increases your circulation a little bit. Perhaps that's why it worked. Some people also drink ginger tea because it improves your circulation or turmeric. Foods with turmeric, uh, you can make what's called golden milk. Some people like spicy food when they're starting their period, like a spicy soup can help. So anything that improves your circulation is probably going to make your cycle more comfortable. And of course you can have it a few days before your cycle too. Because if you're improving your circulation, you tend to also lower any inflammation in the body. So yeah, dark chocolate is fine too. Yeah. Lucia, um, oh no, Kathy, do you have a regular cycle? If it's only started in January, that's pretty recent, but have you noticed if it's a regular monthly thing? Um, well, I, well, January, I got it for a few days and then mm -hmm. it left and then it stopped in February and then it came back in March. Mm -hmm. But for some reason in March, I had it two times, which didn't make any sense. Was it and at the beginning of March and the end of March? Because March is kind of a long month. Um, I think I got it like in the second week of March mm -hmm. or something. Can and then I... at the end, near the end of March also? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That can be right. So what you're describing is, so you probably had like a 22 day. Yeah. So it's not quite yeah. evened out yet, which is totally normal. Yeah. Yep. In a couple, in a couple of years, it should be pretty normal. And you know, I was talking to my 15 year old the other night and her cycles will still vary. She'll still get a, a short cycle or a long cycle if she's really stressed, even though she's had her period for a few years, but overall it's about 30 days. So, yeah. Okay. I think we covered all the basics of kind of what's going on here. And I know that if you are just starting your period or you haven't gotten it yet, this might seem like a lot of information to take in. And I know your, your mom probably already talked to you about your period saying, you know, you're going to get this. It's going to come every month. It's totally normal. It's one of those things, right? But um, she probably didn't break out a chart like this. So that's why I like to break out the chart. So you can see more of what's going on. Yeah. And then just have a, a, a visual in mind of this whole process, what's going on. Now up here, it has a little note. Your body temperature is kind of stable 
then it goes up around the time you ovulate and then kind of goes down and then it keeps going down. Now, if a person is growing a baby, their temperature actually goes up and stays up throughout the pregnancy because of the hormones that also stay up when you're pregnant. And we think it's also beneficial for the baby to have temperature a little bit warmer, like an incubator. So some people take their temperature if they have irregular cycles when they're in their twenties and they're trying to figure out, we you know what's going on here. So it's not like you would be checking your temperature as a 12 year old, but just to be aware that your temperature does change throughout your cycle. Some people feel warmer or cooler at certain times of their cycle too. And your energy level can change throughout your cycle also. So generally speaking, when your hormones are higher, you have more energy. You might also feel more emotional, but if you needed to go on a hike or if you start exercising, you'll probably be able to go longer. Even if you don't feel like exercising. Now, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like to exercise, but you find yourself feeling stressed and you think it might be almost time for your next period, if you can find a friend to walk with, or walk the dog, or just do something that will um, get you moving more. So you could be cranky because your hormones are high and you're kind of full of feelings, right? You cry at everything. One of my teachers joked, you know, the pen rolls off the table and you start crying kind of thing. You could also be cranky because your hormones are low and you're tired and you have to drag yourself through the day, even though you don't feel that great. So there are different reasons that people are cranky. And some people tend to have much higher hormones than others. So some people tend to be more on the low hormone type where their body makes just enough hormones, not really much extra. So you might feel more tired during your period, and you might feel fine the rest of the month. Some people's bodies make tons of hormones, even more than they really need. They might feel kind of overwhelmingly full of feelings. They might have so much energy and they feel relieved when their period comes because they feel more calm. I have a few friends like that. They have, they just make way more hormones than I do. So they have kind of a different experience of their period. They have to exercise much harder to process all the hormones that they make and not feel really emotional and cry about everything the week before the period. Whereas for me, maybe one long walk, one five mile walk would do it or a three mile walk. One of my friends said she would go running twice a day the week before her period. That's how much exercise she needed. And then she would feel relieved and much calmer when her period came and her hormones were lower. Yeah. Whereas I just needed a little exercise to not get cramps and not feel too emotional the week before my period. And then when I have my period, I would tend to feel, you know, a little, not just calm, but actually kind of tired. And I'd want to do a little less for those first couple of days. 
So again, this varies a lot between people and certain tendencies can run in families. And even if you, if you don't take after your mom, you might take after your dad's sisters or your dad's mom in terms of how your hormones run. So as you get older, you'll kind of see what your tendency is, where your key spots are in your cycle, where you need to eat more or sleep more or move more to feel good. And it's going to be kind of individual. It can change over time. But certain things for me have been pretty consistent, like being hungry on day four or five. The amount of exercise I need the week before my period, that varies, but usually just one or two workouts is sufficient. Oh, she got, yeah, that is very early, especially your mom's an older gen. She must be older than me. They both got them early. That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they're fast developers. They must be making a lot of hormones. Now, is your mom short? Because in many cases, when you're, you get your cycle, you, you are finished growing within a year or two of getting your cycle. And so people who have a lot of hormones often end up shorter because their bones finish growing at a younger age. People who have less hormones end up a little taller. So how, what height is your mom? What do you mean? What type? Or what height? What height is your mom? Oh, I think she might be like um, five nine, something like that. Like maybe uh, I don't know how, but like somewhere five. Feet. Is she? Is she? Are you taller than your mom? Um, no. So she's taller than you. Yeah. So well, five nine is pretty tall. I guess then not that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, would you say she's smaller than the other women she knows? She's five foot. She's what? Five feet. She's five feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's more what I would expect. <laughs> Someone gets their period at nine that you kind of don't get much taller than five feet. Yeah. And her mm-hmm. sister probably the same. So yeah, that's fine. Obviously it worked out, right? She's able to have kids. Everything works, but you do, you will end up tending to be a little shorter if you get your period very early. So, all right. Well, I hope, I hope this overview has made sense and that we can talk about any other questions you think of um, in our next class. Oh, it's your grandma who got it at nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's even earlier for that generation. Was she, she must have also been very short then? If you know her. Of course, grandmas are often short because they shrink as they get older. It's hard to say, but. Right. So she's going to be short if she's Filipino, kind of by definition. Yeah. Yep. Yours, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep.
seniority is still yeah okay that makes sense all right so i'm going to wrap up a little early today because i've got to get over to the next uh got to get in the car but if you think of other questions over the course of the next week which you might you might be kind of mulling this over i'm going to send the recording out <clears throat> maybe you watch it with your mom and just kind of see if you both have any questions that you'd want to talk about for next class because next class is kind of open q a last class but hopefully this gives you some tips and the big picture of what's going on so that you can have pretty smooth cycles. <clears throat>